Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, everyone. A quick disclaimer before I play this May 2023 episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? I wanted to go back and clarify something in this episode, I interview my friend, attorney Arthur Idala. The interview that I do with Arthur, I get a little frustrated because I felt like my point was not coming across. Arthur's ideas and suggestions were for us to go to the local DA, get a new trial, all these things that could easily be done if the local law enforcement and the local government was willing to work with us. But unfortunately, that 
isn't happening and that hasn't happened yet. So you will see my frustration come across in this interview that I thought about archiving, but ultimately I'm going to just leave it up for everybody to hear. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw out a disclaimer that if I'm frustrated and if I tend to jump on him a bit, that is why. And with that being said, I will now play the episode. I'm Lauren Conlin, and welcome to Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon? Today, I'm joined by criminal defense attorney Arthur Idala, a former legal analyst for Fox News and very well-known in New York City for defending some very bad men and women, like Harvey Weinstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. So I wanted to get Arthur's take on this whole case, Grant, Gracie, everything, because he defends so many people like Aaron Solomon. But Arthur is also a parent. He's a family man as well. So um, just remember, many of you are familiar with Grant's case and Grant's story. So Arthur does reiterate a few things. Um, You know, I found myself getting a little frustrated when Arthur kept saying, well, get the cops to do this or get the detective to do this and blah, blah, blah. Well, if it were that easy, don't you think we would have done it already? We don't have the help of the cops. We don't have the help of a detective, um, you know, on the force. So I reiterate this to him. And I think by the end, he finally understood. But the most important thing here is a highly successful well-respected attorney like Arthur Idala says, something is very wrong here and something smells like foul play. Now, I want to update people that are following this case as well, that we are doing things on the back end here to try to move this case forward. And when I'm able to share that stuff with everyone, I will for sure. But for now, let's play my interview with Arthur Idala. Okay, everyone, as promised, I have famed criminal defense attorney, Arthur Idala with me. Arthur, thank you so much for joining me. The pleasure is all mine, Lauren. Thank you. Um, so for those of you who might not be familiar with your work, can you just tell us a little bit about who you are and who you've defended in the past? Sure. Well, I started off as the prosecutor, and I prosecuted a lot of serious cases here in New York City, specifically in Brooklyn, New York. I prosecuted the first murder and the first degree case in New York State in recent history. Um, And after a career in law enforcement, I then went on to be a defense attorney. And I've represented people like Lawrence Taylor of the New York Giants, um, Harvey Weinstein of Hollywood fame. I am representing Delaney Maxwell right now in the Jeffrey Epstein case. On the civil world, I represent represent, uh, Alan Dershowitz and Rudy Giuliani. I represented Congressman Anthony Weiner. I turned over the laptop to the FBI, the famous laptop, um, and you know some other notor- notor- notorious New York City and New York State, and sometimes now national uh, cases that I'm heavily involved. So I would go ahead and say you know what you're doing. You you've defended the worst of the worst, um, and you know you've gotten a lot of these guys off. I'm not saying they're guilty or not. Um, but yeah, you, you know what you're doing, Arthur. So I wanted to bring you in here for a couple reasons. Number one, you defend people like Aaron Solomon every day. It is our goal here to get this case reopened 
you know, and and essentially charge this man with a homicide because all of the facts here on paper point to a homicide, not an accident. Now, you had a chance to go through a lot of these documents. Now, what was your initial thought about the 911 call? Um, well, I am a father of two boys and a girl, and I know I come from a different place in, geographically um, and ethically, ethnically, but if that was one of my children, um, Lauren, quite frankly, was one of your children, I'd be screaming absolutely hysterically. Mm. I'd be totally freaked out. Um, I would be down under that truck um, with my child or or anyone else's child. I will be honest with you, if it was anyone's child. Yeah. Um, and not that it's a little, little child, but, you know, it's a young person. Um, you know, you're holding their hand, you're comforting them. Even if they're unconscious, you're speaking with them. Or you're trying to help. Or you're, like, trying to lift the truck up. I mean, he's saying he's crushed under the truck. That turned out not to be true. The wheels were not on him. He was between the two wheels. Um, Grant was. So um, I did not find... The, uh, the the 911 tape particularly believable. To the contrary, I mean, it's you hear him talking to some third person or three people who are there, but you never hear them answering back. You never hear, we got a pulse, or we don't have a pulse, or mm. tell them to come right away. You just hear him saying, I did tell them to come right away, but you don't hear anyone on the other end. And what's highlighted in all the paperwork is how Aaron did not go down the bottom of the hill where his son was to be with him um, from a pure forensic point of view, it seems like the medical examiner report does not jive with someone who has been run over by a truck that was just running. So I don't, they don't see any particular burn marks right. from any parts of the muffler or the catalytic converter. They don't see the kind of um, road rash that you would get from being dragged across right. some period of of asphalt and then dirt. So uh, I do not know why a prosecutor has not taken a very serious look. Here's what should happen. What should happen is they should open a grand jury. They should put all of this evidence in front of a grand jury. Um, Aaron would have the opportunity with his lawyer to go in and he would testify in the grand jury. He could try to find these three witnesses that no one saw, right? The parale- the parale- well, I can I can tell you this after, but continue, continue. You know, and... and the grand jurors should listen to all the evidence and then they should decide, is there, you know, is there a cause of action here? Is there a, a crime that at least can be charged? And that's what our citizens are here for. That's why when you get jury duty notice and people say, how do we get out of it? I go, you shouldn't get out of it because we need you to help the system make decisions like this. But yeah. unfortunately, this case doesn't seem to have the traction that you would think it would. Right. So I, you know, I'll backpedal a little bit, but First off, why do you think that Sumner County DA Ray Whitley won't reopen this or won't put it in front of a grand jury? I think this is what everybody's trying to figure out. Angie and, and you know, the PI she used, they were able to get all of this documentation that I shared with you or that you found online through the Freedom of Information Act. And so it's out there at this point for the public to see. And for whatever reason, everybody agrees here except for the DA. Why, why would that be? Well, you know, we have um, we have a very good system in the United States of America, but it is far from perfect. And prosecutors are they're one of two ways. They're either elected or they're appointed. But they're always trying to please someone. They're either trying to please the person who's going to appoint them next yeah. or the electorate that's going to elect, elect them next. 
So that's number one. Like, what does the constituent want? What is the person who's going to keep me in this position? What do they want? So that's the first thing they may look at. The second thing is, this is a, Aaron is a media guy. And what, and even though I won't believe he was working in the media at the time, like my assumption is he still has some, some deep connections there. And now if they go after, uh, if the prosecutor goes after him, what's the media spin going to be on this? Lauren, I don't need to tell you how the media could spin things any way they want. Um, number three, if the deceased here was a pretty blonde girl with blue eyes, trust me, Fox News would be all over this. Um, you know that they were missing people all the time. But what are the things we hear about? The young lady out in California, whose name you need to remind me of, with the boyfriend, mm-hmm. and they found yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like, right. why? Why was that more important than the young woman here with brown hair and blue and brown eyes who disappeared from the Bronx? The, the, the media yeah. picks and chooses which cases we're going to highlight. So there's various reasons that can, we can bring to the table as to why a case is not getting traction. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and I think that Aaron Solomon's ties most likely go much deeper than just media. I mean, he's got ties to this mega church, you know, that Governor Bill Lee attends. I've heard rumors, and this is not factual, it's just rumors. I've heard they sit in the same row at church. So there's a lot of things that right now from New York, I'm unable to prove in Tennessee. I've been trying, but it's difficult. But yeah, essentially, they really don't want to touch this. And it's really concerning because we've also got a change.org petition that has over 200,000 signatures from people all around the country that say this case needs to be reopened. So I want to go back really quick to the 911 call where you said, you know, we can't hear anybody talking when he's talking to somebody. I did this with Tanya Ryman as well, the body language expert. She agreed. Nobody, you listen, you hear people talk at the end of the call when people start to arrive on scene. You hear them, no problem. For whatever reason, these three men are not there. On the first episode of the Corruption Podcast, I was able to get uh, a clip from a local reporter who actually interviewed somebody working at the Ward Performance Institute, which is the parking lot where this accident happened. This person... Arthur saw three men. He saw three men in construction uniforms. He saw their truck parked to the side. He has no idea what happened to them. He tells this reporter, and you can hear it on the podcast. He says, you know, I originally came outside and saw Aaron kind of pacing, not really any urgency to it. You know, later did he find out he was on the phone with 911. He just said, oh yeah, Grant's stuck under the truck. So this employee goes inside and Clearly, he didn't think anything was that serious because he called his manager and just said, hey, there's an accident. You better get down here. When he gets out, the three men are gone. So apparently there were three men on scene. Now, let me tell you, Gallatin police never spoke to this employee about the three men. All they spoke to is Aaron Solomon. They took his word for it. That's it. Case closed. Yeah, go ahead. There's cameras everywhere nowadays. I don't care where you there are. There are not cameras around this area. But you got me within five square blocks. There's going to be a camera. Where's that white box truck? And then, then now you look at the timing. Mm. Where's the 911 call come in? Mm-hmm. When do you see that box truck? If that box truck was, the, even if it, the, the camera's five blocks away, it's a mile away, I would be shocked with people's ring doorbells, with people who have the nest. I mean, there's just so much technology. Someone who has taken a video of their friend crossing the street. 
that's why they solve so many crimes nowadays. You have to piece all of these things together. It has to be a deep investigation by a, a, a very well-respected detective who then brings this to the prosecutor. You know, you keep saying the DA, the DA, the DA. Law enforcement, before you get to the DA, they have the power. They have the power. You know, law enforcement, a- this law enforcement, excuse my language, completely fucked this up. They spent 57 I minutes. I like when you like that. It gets me upset. I'm very sorry. They're <laughs> um, and Guys, he's kidding. Um, Anyway, so no, they completely mucked this up Thank in you. the sense that they, they took his statement. They didn't even, I've studied these police reports. They didn't even mark a timestamp on it to see, okay, well, maybe this didn't match up because he was hyperventilating or he was very upset because it just happened. I mean, it's so hard to piece anything together because every report from each cop is different. So number one tape is recorded to the second. So those are the kinds of things. And say then, that one then more time. The, Sorry. The nine one one tape is recorded to the second. Yeah. And the time of the arrival of paramedics and the arrival of police uh, uh, synced up to the second. So you know the guy who says, "Oh, I saw the box truck there," or three guys like. When was that in relation to when the call came in? So, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to see what jives and what doesn't jive. I mean, the... the We've seen report- that, though. I guess, are you? I don't know if you're not understanding. Like, we, we don't have a choice for the cops to bring it to a prosecutor because the cops, we even requested body cam footage from these cops. And they said, nope, fuck off. So... My, my point is... It's that you can't lay it squarely on the toes of the the feet of the district attorney. You can lay it also on the toes of the detectives. The detectives can say, we're charging him with a homicide and then let the, you know, we were charging him with murder in the second degree. We think he struck him in the back of the head, threw him down the ditch, then moved the truck behind and backed the truck up to make it look like it was an accident. Here you go, Mr. District Attorney. And if the DA says, I'm not doing this, they walk across to wherever the closest federal prosecutor is. And even though there's not that particular crime on a federal prosecutor's books, no local prosecutor wants a law enforcement agency to go to a federal authority or a state attorney general mm-hmm. and say, I brought this to my local guy and he won't charge him. And because that reeks of corruption, reeks of so corruption when you for say, the district attorney. When you say detective, though, you mean private investigator at this point because no, we don't I have mean, you you're missing the point we don't have the help of police police refuse to reopen it but my point is this my point is this why did the regular detectives if this was the nypd mm. this would be called this would be this case would be heavily investigated by detectives until they determined that well, it was just an accident it happens in suicide cases all the time. It's the cops don't walk in and someone has a bullet in their head with a gun. Right. And they say, oh, it's a suicide. And they walk away. They do a whole investigation. Did someone oh, I mean, I'm, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. And, and the fact that there was no investigation. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I guess what you are not understanding for me is like Gallatin PD is not going to come back and admit like, oh yeah, we really messed up. Why, why, why not? Because they won't. Why, not? why, why aren't tried. you? Why aren't you attack? Why aren't you attacking the police commissioner? I mean, why aren't you attacking the chief of detectives? You know what? That's been done. That's been done by the family. There's been protest. Uh, I mean, in Tennessee, like I don't know what more at this point they can do in terms of that. What we're trying to do now is do the accident reconstruction on our own and take this back to you know an attorney who will then bring it. To, you know, like I, I said, the DA, but now you're saying don't bring it to the DA. I mean, we're trying to get this reopened here any way possible without the cooperation of police because they're out. Again, we've called and said, send us the body cam footage because at that, at, at the very least, we can see Aaron's demeanor. We can see Grant under the truck. I don't know if you could foil that in the state of Tennessee, a Freedom of Information Act to get those body cams, but I believe you can. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, no, I understand what you're doing. All I'm telling you is there's a lot of blame to go around. There's not just one law enforcement. There's not just the DA. There's the chief of police or police commissioner, whatever they call it. There's yeah. the DA. There's usually that's a local prosecutor. There's usually a state prosecutor and a state investigator. And then there's a federal prosecutor and federal investigators. It's not like out of the realm of possibilities to get the FBI involved and say, we think there's corruption in local law enforcement. It's who's the case in North Carolina? The guy just I just away feel like, are place. you, I mean, I'm not naive. I, I already think there's corruption in Tennessee. Why would the FBI cooperate? You know, why would. Because there, I just left the FBI, like right before I came on this podcast, they're supposed to be cloaked in federal authority. They're not supposed to be like, like the local guy who like grew up in Tennessee and his grandfather was the cop and his great grandfather was the judge. There's supposed to be some guy from Boston who's now down in Tennessee on behalf of the federal government, making sure there's no corruption. I mean, you can look back to the days of Mississippi and the civil rights movement movements. It was really the FBI and federal authorities that cleaned things up. It wasn't the local authorities. All I'm saying is you should be, because you, you know how to make your voice heard. Uh, Lauren, and you should be making your voice. You should be making your voice heard to as many law enforcement sources as possible. Yeah, and you know, I think um, because a lot of these guys are so dirty. Again, I don't, I don't really scare easily, but you know, I have kids. I, I'm happy being the whistleblower for certain things, but when it comes to this, and I touched on this before, something is going on here. There is no other reason that I can think of besides the corruption goes to a level of FBI to a level of the governor. It goes deep here because there's no other reason as to why nobody will touch this. Why well, are you saying that Aaron had so much power? He's got so much juice that he could cover up the, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just asking yeah. you that, and that he could cover up the homicide, the kill that he killed his own son. Yeah. I think that he's, doing something or someone is having him do something or he has these connections to these people who want to protect him. I mean, 
you know, he, when it comes to Grace Christian Academy, like, I don't know if you read this in, in any of the, the documents, but Grant told his pastor, Steve Berger, about this abuse that his sister was suffering and that, you know, he was suffering at the hands of his father about a month before his death. Steve Berger claims, oh no, he was just talking about his faith. He never said that. Grant came home and told his sister and his mom that, okay? So the fact that, you know, they seem to be covering this up and I looked into it also and and Aaron Solomon, he's hosted benefits for uh, Grace Christian Academy, which is the school that's connected with uh, Grace Chapel. So it's like, They've got these connections here. They're not super hard to find. You know what I'm saying? It's not hard to find. If if you want to cross over from Grant to Gracie, Mm -hmm. usually, especially now more than ever, once you get into sexual assaults Mm -hmm. and rapes, that almost raises a bigger flag than than a homicide does. Um, You know, I've been involved in murder cases and I've been involved in rape cases. And sometimes the, the mountain is higher to climb in the rape case than the murder case because sexual assault and rape is such a powerful yeah. is such a powerful force so the fact that there's no traction on Gracie's case as well as Grant's case um yeah it definitely smells of like why is more not being done does does Aaron have like eight by ten glossies of the governor nude and uh, you know I, I agree I, I agree I don't know and and Gracie's to us you know, we decided not to focus on it so much for the podcast because like you said, it's a tougher hill to climb, but also we don't have these black and white facts. When I first saw this, I was like, oh gosh, this will be easy. It's all right here. How could they not reopen this? We have everything right here. And then with Gracie's story, you know, it was substantiated by, um, I think it was substantiated by, uh, the children's services in Tennessee or something like that. And Aaron had a no contact order in place and he still has a no contact order in place. So it was acknowledged, but he has never been on, on trial per se. I mean, I looked into this with Angie and I had said, you know, why couldn't a pediatrician see this or whatever? Well, Gracie wasn't able to be alone with her pediatrician until she was like 12 years old. So there was a lot of things that were going on, um, you know, that, that were stopping her from actually getting a physical examination to actually quote unquote prove this abuse. So um, yeah, that that's even tougher. And, and I, again, I speak to them all the time and in my heart, I just, I, I feel their pain. I feel, I don't, Arthur, I can't even tell you, I don't know how this mother Angie is able to stand on two feet what she's been through with her children. So my words of wisdom, Lauren, is, is, you know, you can't stop. And, you know, some of these cases don't get resolved or don't get the attention they need. And somewhere down the road, I mean, this something in the words of Brooklyn, New York, something ain't right here. Like something is not, it's definitely not right. Looking at the, at the, the medical examiner's report, listening to the, yeah. to the 911 tape, looking at the police paperwork, and then the lack thereof of a thorough investigation. I mean, just so we're clear, it's very rare that someone gets killed under suspicious conditions and the district attorney's office or whatever the yeah. local law enforcement lawyers are not more involved. And the default position is, let's call the citizens in who live here. Mm-hmm. Usually it's 20, 23 of them. Let's put yeah. them in a room. Let's put all the witnesses on, the police witnesses. If if Aaron wants to come on, it's his choice. If he's the target of the investigation, let's let the citizens hear what everything is and let them determine what it is. They may say it was an accident. 
or, or it was a mistake or whatever. Yeah. But it was not an intentional act. Um, or they may say, well, let's see. There's no um, burn marks on him from being under a truck. Uh, the father says the truck was on him. The truck wasn't on him. There's no uh, type of burns on him from being dragged on the asphalt or yeah. then on the grass. Yeah, I mean, so everything not there, that's not there, that's not there. We, we have so much more. Three guys. We never hear from the three guys who actually comes come into the grand jury and say, yeah, they were helping. We hear from one guy who says, yeah, I think I saw three guys there. Um, we don't know who, what the box truck was, where they were coming, where they were going to. We listening to the 911 tape. It doesn't sound consistent with a father who's really distraught having seen, uh, you know, his son being dragged down. Oh, by the way, we looked and he says he was checking his emails. We have no indication he was checking his emails. We actually went on the server and the server doesn't indicate he's checking his emails at that particular point. And then let the jury decide what they want to do. Is it murder in the second degree? Is it manslaughter? Is it criminal negligent homicide? No, or I is mean, it nothing at all? Everything you're saying, yeah, like, yes, 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 yes. It's just a matter of getting it into their hands because no one's touching it. So, and this is this is a lot of money here. There's a GoFundMe set up, but it's like, because law enforcement won't help, we have to set up a PI. We have to hire one. We have to do this on our own. And, you know, it sucks. It's like, it sucks because it's it's a lot of resources that, you know, we shouldn't have had to use because, you know, we didn't, we did, you didn't talk about this and, and I didn't bring it up either, but, you know, no autopsy. Literally, no autopsy. I mean, what the hell? And that's not, yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that and that's not yeah. typical. I mean, that's, there's yeah. a medical report of what his body looked like. Um, you know, here, at least in New York, you uh, under those kinds of circumstances, you have to have a very powerful, like, religious exception. Um, and you really have to have some juice to stop an autopsy from taking place. Because typically, when a young, young person dies in this manner, they want to know, wait a minute, did someone slip him poison? Did he OD on fentanyl? Did yes. he really get his... I mean, in this case, he dies of a heart attack after having blood trauma to the head. I mean... You know, yeah. look, if I'm a defense attorney, I'm going to say, yes, the, the, the truck rolled back. He hit his head on the on the pavement and he had a heart attack. And then the, the truck kept dragging. I believe it's his girlfriend who says he never kept his baseball gear in the bed of the no. of the truck. He would mm -hmm. keep it right in the cab of the truck. So there was there yeah. were a lot of questions. Yeah, and Lauren, yeah, I know you don't want to hear this, but you need you need like a. Reverend Al Sharpton or, you know, or, or Ben Crump or someone who's got like that, that a big, big megaphone You're right. to get CNN there. And this is where, you know, we can end where we began. Like, why isn't this yeah. happening? Because right. this is not Petito. This is not Casey Anthony. This is not Jody Arias. You know, these, yeah. these pretty women who That's like, oh, they, you know, they get clicks when, you know, the New York Post runs them and they get eyeballs when, when, you know, cable tv uh covers them yeah. you know this is just a boy so well i wish you the best of luck you're doing a great thing you're doing god's work yeah i mean it it's like i feel like we'll make progress then we'll take a few steps back you know because it's just like it's so frustrating and and i'll think like you know i'll just side note i'll i'll pitch it to somebody at a network and they're like oh great they love it and then, oh, well, we're not going to, we can't go there right now. No, no real reason. And, you know, Angie's willing to talk as well, but she also doesn't want to talk too much because she really is, is focusing on getting this reopened, you know? So she doesn't want to ruin any chances of that. So, um, but just in your opinion, with all of the facts that you have reviewed, you know, and, and in your profession, if this ever went to trial, let's say it was 
manslaughter or second degree murder, whatever. What do you think the odds are of him being, and, and aside from knowing who the, you know, the judge is, whatever, what are the odds of a jury convicting him on this with, with these well, facts? It depends, it depends on the deeper evidence. So if they do go on his server and at the time, you yeah. know, moments before the 911 call, he is checking his email. Okay. That means something. If one of his baseball buddies comes in and says, no, actually, after practice, we always threw our bats and gloves in the bed of his truck because they were usually covered with mud or dirt and he wouldn't want to put it in the cab, so we would put it in the back. Yeah. Okay, well, now there's a little bit of reasonable doubt there. Obviously, if these three guys miraculously show up and said, yeah, there was a guy jumping up and down on the side of the road screaming, help, help, help. Well, maybe now it doesn't matter as much that he didn't run down to be with his son. That may have just been an emotional reaction, but he wasn't lying about the three people. So if all of those things fall into place, Mm. that's one thing. If none of those things fall into place, in fact, he wasn't on his server. Let's say he doesn't check his emails all day. Really? So why'd you tell the investigators when your son is down there bleeding and dying that you didn't see the truck roll back because you were checking your, your email? When we know right here, we downloaded it from... Yeah. Gmail, but you weren't checking your email. So you're a liar. I mean, so it's, you know, there's there's a lot more work to be done um, by mm-hmm. real professional law enforcement, being a real professional investigators um, before I you mean, can figure I, out what's going to be. I totally, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And, and in my head, I'm going through all of the information that we have because it is like, I mean, we've got a scroll that will go from here to like Alabama, you know, with, with everything that they could use against him. So I, in my heart, I know if this ever would get to trial, he would be convicted. I really, I, I you know, I mean, the jury selection will be tough. Cause like I said, I, I don't think I trust Tennessee at this point, but, um, but yeah. All right. Well, you know what, you know, I'm going to harass you offline. So, uh, <laughs> I'm to be harassed. okay. Well, well thank, thank you for having me, Lauren. It's an yeah. honor. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for your insight on this. I really appreciate it, Arthur. Okay, we'll talk soon. Okay, guys. So that was Arthur. And I think you have a better understanding now of why I kind of said, you know, he reiterates a lot of stuff and and that you've all heard before. So I, I hope that didn't bore you too much. But yeah, I was getting a little frustrated. I wanted to let him talk. But I also was like, dude, you know, we don't have the Gallatin PD here. We don't have the police commissioner here. They literally toss this aside like freaking, you know, yesterday's milk. Is it, sorry, is that a thing? Um, but no, he he made some good points, right? If this happened to be a young, beautiful blonde girl, like let's say, you know, God forbid, but let's say it was Gracie, like would would this story get more traction? I don't No, but for the life of me, you guys, I am racking my brain out as to why nobody will cover this, why nobody will touch this. Sorry, I slammed my desk and like a light just fell Um, because it makes me angry. I mean, I am pitching this, you know, to all of these media outlets nonstop. I have connections here. I don't get it and nobody wants to touch it. So um, I'm just going to keep pushing the pavement here. I'm going to keep, um, you know, doing my thing. Actually, I think the term is pounding the pavement, not pushing the pavement, but you know what? I'm going to say what I want right now because I'm mad. I'm really mad. And uh, if everybody here, you know, lawyers, doctors, body language experts, everybody looking from the outside in on a professional level is saying something is wrong. Like, come on, we gotta, we gotta do this. And you know what? 
I know we're going to do it. I know that we are going to eventually get this done. I don't know how long it'll take, but I, I do. I have faith. I have faith in God. I have faith. Um, I have some faith in, you know, in, in the system here that, um, that we can make a difference and we can get grant justice, um, and, you know, and Gracie justice and freedom, <laughs> you know, because she deserves it and, um, grant deserves it. And so does Angie. So thanks for listening guys. We'll have another episode of corruption next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.